So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what brought you to create what you describe on your website as a supersized sandbox for adults to play with diggers? I've always had a fascination with heavy equipment since I was a young fella. You know, a lot of us never really grew up out of our sandboxes when we were kids. So there's always been that fascination, you know, just what it's like to operate real huge, massive earth-moving equipment. That's Ed Mum and he runs Dig This. It's a huge, sandy, heavy equipment playground for adults in Las Vegas. It's also a very popular corporate away day trip, giving people the chance to escape the office and take out their frustrations by driving a big digger for the day. Over the pandemic, obviously things got pretty quiet at the big sandbox, but it's picking up again. Here's Ed. Yeah, I think... A lot of companies now at this stage are just focusing on the fun factor and just getting out and bringing their teams out and just getting out together and just having a really cool, fun experience together without really focusing and putting the pressure on that team challenge stuff that usually incorporates, you know, the collaboration and the communication and the organization and the participation and all those key words based around the typical team building activities. Some still are, uh, but the majority now are uh, just looking for that fun factor. So the pure joy of manipulating a large industrial digger. Yeah, exactly. And, and think about it. There is a team building kind of challenge to that, but it's more on an individual basis. I think it can be quite intimidating for a lot of people to jump on a 20-ton excavator or a 10-ton bulldozer having not operated one before. I'd say, yeah. And it's, yeah. A, personal, <laughs> it's a personal challenge uh, to a lot of people and it can be very intimidating. But look, when these people jump on, and the more intimidated they are or, or not quite sure, they listen better to the instructions. And after five to ten minutes, you start seeing a really big smile on their faces. And then after, you know, one hour doing that activity, on the bulldozer and done three different really cool exercises, you can just see that huge sense of accomplishment. Just when they get out, it's like, wow, we just commanded the controls of this massive machine. And uh, you can just see the looks on their faces is just totally different from when they arrived to, you know, when they finished. It's great to see. So welcome to Working It. I'm Isabel Barrick. And today we're talking about away days. From manoeuvring a bulldozer in Las Vegas, as we just heard, to skiving off early for drinks on a Friday afternoon. And for some of us, that's a chance to get to know colleagues, let down our hair, build a bit of corporate spirit. But for others, it's a painful example of organised fun. So what is the point of away days and how are they going to change after the pandemic? Now that people are working much more flexibly and they may often be seeing each other outside work or socialising, do we even need corporate away days and retreats anymore? I'm joined by Andrew Hill, FT Management Editor and Working It Regular. Andrew, what's your stance on this? Is it a fun day out with colleagues or is it a cringy bit of organised fun? Have you ever had to suffer this? I've seen it from two angles, actually. I mean, I tend to think it can be either, depending on how well organised it is and, of course, the colleagues that you've got. And most people choose or end up staying with employers that they get on with, the culture that they like. So if you're in a culture which doesn't enjoy a fun day out with colleagues, you probably won't be tortured by this. I mean, when it happens, I like to throw myself in. I don't mind doing some foolish things with friends and colleagues. I've also been on the other side of the fence running some of these workshops or bits of them for other companies. Of course, that is much more fun because you don't have 
any risk that people are going to come back to you on Monday morning and say you really made an idiot of yourself in that raft building exercise. And what are some of the weirdest ones you've heard of? My particular favourite is these ayahuasca retreats, which I've heard a startup using, where you essentially go on a spiritual journey and drink a psychoactive brew with your colleagues. What do you think are the weirdest ones you've heard of, Andrew? Well, I must say those ayahuasca retreats, such as we've seen them reported, do sound to, you know, they border on corporate abuse in some cases, judging from the reports. If you're not into that, you're definitely not going to enjoy yourself there. I mean, in a slightly more modest way, you can go to uh, Longleat Safari Park in the UK and have a sort of safari adventure. Although when I looked that up recently, it seemed to be mainly involved teams building little frames for anteaters rather than walking with lions. And the link had disappeared when I went to find it again, but there was a bit of a fad for geese herding or goose herding (laughs) as a way of bringing teams together, which, you know, could have been fun. But these things are hard to satirise because as soon as you start doing the satire, you find that there's something even more extreme out there. Yeah, I've just been reading about Hunger Games reenactments, which some participants might feel that the team away day is anyway. But do different people get different things out of away days, whether they're senior or junior, young or old, for example? And I talked to Ed about what divides people or brings them together. Is there a general reaction to this or do people's reactions vary enormously? I'm I'm thinking a lot. I mean, I've seen on your website there are lots of women taking part. Do you find there's a difference between men and women and how they react? I've got to be really careful how I answer this. You know, 50% of our clients are women and women tend to listen better than the guys and don't put as much pressure on themselves. So, oh, you shocked me. Yeah, <laughs> so they <laughs> they tend to do better. It's quite a good read when we have those mixed groups come out. But women, are, I would say, are the star performers on a lot of these group experiences when they come out to do their team building. And away days have been with us for a long time, but yeah. why do you think they're so persistent in our corporate culture? What's the advantage of them, do you think, as someone who sees it happening all the time. Oh, look, you know, research is showing that the more you work with employees and show them really positive, fun experiences, it really impacts their personal and their working lives as well. And so a lot of companies are jumping on that now. Like You look at Google, for example, like their campus in California. They've got all these really cool different activities that people can engage in during their time off. And it really helps. That's why they have it there. It's a nice diversion, a positive diversion, you know, outside of their work that they can just take some time out, enjoy a really cool experience and then uh, jump back in the saddle again at work. Maybe they need a couple of diggers outside Google. You know, I have suggested that. We do get a lot of business from Google and uh, I'm definitely pushing that. So, yeah. (laughs) I think that would be brilliant. Thanks so much, Ed. That was brilliant. And I'd love to go on the diggers if I come to Las Vegas. Oh, my pleasure. Ed's talking there about the benefits of driving a digger for individuals and teams. But Andrew, I wonder if the thinking behind Away Days will change after the pandemic. You know, as we've become more internally focused, are those kind of individual activities going to become more important? Well, there is that. I think possibly you can encourage people to use some of the resources that used to be central can be dispersed more widely. But of course, the whole point of Away Days is either the team building that Ed's described or some serious sort of strategy making, which are really two different types of away day. And some of those are popping up online and have done during lockdown. 
the likes of sort of murder mystery, Zoom calls for teams, cocktail making. Those are the kind of things that you can get together and do online. My experience of that in the small way that we tried to do it at the FT was it began to pale a little bit after a few weeks of lockdown and people stopped attending some of those events. But if you created the right sense of occasion, you could do that remotely. Do you think we should mix this sort of fun element with the more serious sort of off-site conference? Is there an argument for keeping them separate? Well, look, I think we've learnt through the pandemic that actually one of the important things about thinking about remote work is that you do the things that work remotely, remotely, and you bring people together for the things that work when people meet in person. And, I mean, what little research there is about away days tended to find out that away days were deemed to be a great success immediately after or at the end of your weekend away, but ideas were rarely put into practice. So that that almost is saying there are two different things here. Come away with a warm, fuzzy feeling about your team and your colleagues, provided it hasn't been an ayahuasca disaster. But if you're going to do something serious with strategy, you possibly need to do it in the office or take time out of normal work, but do it pretty rigorously with the old post-it notes and whiteboards. So mixing the two may not get the desired effect. I was really interested to see a few months ago that Mark Benioff of Salesforce, I don't know if you saw this story, Andrew, he suggested that he might buy a ranch for his workers. And they already have a massive staff conference called Dreamforce. You know, and this idea of going back to a campus or a place where you have your away days. Like for example, I worked for Reader's Digest earlier in my career and they placed a huge emphasis on we had to go away to a manor house and sing the company song and do lots of games and strategy. And I know that GE had its own campus in New York State in the 50s. Do you think with the importance of corporate culture after the pandemic, might we be seeing a resurgence of the company manner? Well, GE's set up at Crotonville in upstate New York. And that was still going at the beginning of this century. And as far as I know, uh, kept going until things started to crumble in the last few years. And I visited it and it is luxurious. And you could imagine being chosen to go there and discuss leadership development listen to some of the top people in the field, not just GE people, but others, might have been considered quite a privilege. So again, I think it's to do with what's the intention here. Does Benioff want people to relax at his new ranch or does he want them to do some work? And how do you ensure that the crossover between those two doesn't cancel each other out? For me, the idea of going on an assault course or a raft building exercise sounds a bit cringy. Have you actually been on an assault course, Andrew? I know lots of people have. Early on in my career at the FT, I was invited when we were trying to bond with the various international newspapers that Pearson, the then owner, had bought. We were all put together into a kind of away day or away weekend And that involved some sort of faux raft building. It all took place indoors, which didn't really seem to be in the spirit of it. Perhaps your memory's been (laughs) dimmed by trauma. But (laughs) the other thing that I think is a really interesting trend is this sort of working in a third place. So it might be a museum or an art gallery, somewhere that is inspiring and is a kind of an away day, but is also perhaps a boost to creativity. I realise it's not 
technically the same thing, but we went to an art gallery with you, Andrew. As a sort, it wasn't explicitly a team building exercise. I think we were seeing if it boosted our creativity. But I thought that was great, and I would much rather do that than hang out with llamas, for example. Do you think we can return to that? I'd love to return to that after the pandemic with you. I'm with you on art galleries over llamas, and I've spoken to a number of people who have said this third way between working at home, working in the office that you can choose another place where you are working or meeting does have potential. I mean, one thing that we haven't mentioned, which has obviously been in the news in the last few weeks, is the metaverse. And it does seem to me that some companies may well decide to use, whether it's a Facebook app or a Microsoft-type metaverse, as a place where they can meet their remote working staff, sending out headsets for them, virtual or augmented reality, and get together and enjoy some fun in the virtual sphere. To my mind, it still doesn't sound as fun as getting together in person, but it's an alternative. I'm really depressed by the metaverse. I might be judging harshly. We haven't been there, but I'd rather be in the open air with a digger or even a llama, to be honest, Andrew. I think the idea of the away day is always going to be with us because people want to be with other people, even if you don't particularly like them as humans. It's a free day out. And one always usually gets food, alcohol and a bit of fun. So I'm all for away days. I'm all for keeping them separate from our work. But I'm also all for working in an art gallery. I would definitely be up for that in real life as a boost to creativity and teamwork. So many thanks to Ed Mum and Andrew Hill. If you want to read more about weird away days, including those ayahuasca retreats, I'll put some links in the show notes and also to Andrew's columns about the metaverse. And please do get in touch with us. We want to hear from you and we're at workingit at ft.com or with me at Isabel Berwick on Twitter and Instagram. Working It is produced by Novel for the Financial Times. With thanks to the producer Anna Sinfield, executive producer Joe Wheeler, with research from Pippa Smith and Lee Meyer. We have editorial direction from the FT's Renee Kaplan and production support from Persis Love. Join us next week to talk about the multi-generational workplace and what we can learn from people who are decades older or younger than us. Thanks for listening.